Oh, oh did you get that? Okay, there we go. That's fine. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Story Juice. I'm Salem Childs. And I'm Andy Gray. In this podcast, we'll have a shared prompt and then write a short story based on it. I'll read his story. And he'll read mine. That's what I said. And then we'll talk about them. If this doesn't sound interesting to you now, this is your chance to stop listening. And three, two, one, you're in. Cool. Thanks for joining. Okay. So, what we do is we come up with a... Wait, we just explained that. Yeah, we just explained that. <laughs> and I ridiculed you for repeating me. So, what's our prompt today, Salem? Our prompt uh, is not uh, involving hot dogs. It is, a man proposes to his girlfriend with a ring that will make everybody say no to any question he asks. All right, let's hope that we stayed on prompt for this one. <laughs> you're, you're giggling like something went wrong with the prompt. Um, no, I think no. that as long as it has some sort of ring that people say no to questions about, that pretty much works. I think that was more or less what it did. I might have been focused on that specifically. Yeah, it def- it it uh, it got me started. That's all that matters. That, yeah, that's all that matters. Um, and we wrote this over like a week or a little longer. Uh, we're going to do one later on that we're going to try to do uh, in about an hour time. And that's going to be much rougher. That'll be interesting. All right. Do you want to start us off? I can start us. In what sense? And uh, the uh, I'm reading or you're reading? You reading my short. All right. I can do that. Yeah. So, Andrew, um, your story, which you actually titled, uh, is called It Was the Perfect Weekend for Camping. It was the perfect weekend for camping. Birds chirped in crisp evergreen trees, and raccoons bathed in a throthy stream. A small groundhog lay illuminated with a grill line of sunbeams baking him gently in his midday nap. So peaceful was this forested animal paradise that the hog spread out in the grass with no fear of disturbance. Nearby, a young man named, Tr- named Trent and young woman named Kate rolled a tarp for their small but comfortable-looking orange tent. The scene looked almost too perfect, like shot out of a Ranger Rick magazine. Maybe it was the raccoons. What a lovely day, Trent exclaimed. Kate turned from where she was pushing tent stakes. It certainly is. You haven't been this excitable and corny for some time. You've been so goofy today. I guess I have already forgotten what voice he used for Trent. I guess I've just been kind of campy, huh? Trent said stupidly. You are an idiot, Trent. Ring, 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 ring. Kate's phone began to ring. Kate got up tensely, and leaving the tent stakes she painstakingly staked, she tentatively went with her ringing phone away from Trent for Trent's sake. (laughs) That was actually fantastic. I love that. Um, Once she was out of Trent's view, Trent reached into his fanny pack and pulled out a small black box and flipped it open. An engagement ring twinkled its single stone inside. What a beaut. She can't say no to you, said Trent. Give it to me! Screamed a horrible green swamp demon leaping at him fiercely from a tree. 
What? cried Shrint as he jumped back, snagging his foot on some tent stakes. The ring was tossed loose from the box and stuck in small patch of dirt. Both Trent and the poorly introduced Swamp Monster character leaped desperately for the ring, bashing shoulders and locking limbs struggling to grasp the ring. <laughs> grunted Trent. Somethinged the weird thing from the woods. After much rafting and birthing, the two rolled away from each other onto their backs in exhaustion. I'm so sorry. I, I don't. I, I didn't mean for. I don't. I'm so... I didn't mean to. I, I don't... Sorry. Said the swamp girl, who was actually looking more like a regular human girl caked with some mud that had begun to come off in all the grappling. Trent began to notice the girl was not as terrifying as she first appeared in the, trent, in the tense moment. She might even be considered attractive. What on earth were you trying to do exactly? Did you help or something? I'm sorry. I thought you looked like an asshole. Trent stared at her stupidly like an asshole. What, um, what I mean to say is, you look like my ex-boyfriend who was an asshole. Ah, uh, what did he do? He left me for a dirty hoe. Trent stared at her blankly again as she wiped her chain with a dog bark, with her arm which only left it more muddy than it had been before somehow. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry about your ex. It seems like he really messed up. And I'm sorry I freaked out when you jumped out of that tree at me like a crazy nut job. You're a funny one. She said, smiling somewhat warmly for the first time. Trent smiled back, but being confused as to what exactly she was asked, he, she was, he asked her to clarify. I'm a funny one. What? Guy? Human? You're a funny asshole, asshole. They sat there talking in the woods for a while, like they were old friends, which seemed odd, but that's how old friends are. The girl, whose name turned out to be Bumbala Mahanishuni, talked about her recent heartbreak from her ex, and Trench talked about his hope of marrying Kate. They both seemed to be able to relate to each other, though Trent felt almost bad about sharing his impending happiness, since Bumbala was no doubt sensitive to the subject of relationships. Before long, Bumbala wished Trent luck and apologized that she really must be going to take care of some business. What kind of business swamp girls tended to in the forest was anyone's guess, and anyone's guess was better than Trent's, who, as mentioned early, was such an idiot. As Bumbala disappeared up a tree before Trent could even be sh quite sure how she had climbed it, Kate reappeared in the foreground like a normal person. Kate, is everything okay? It's been a while, Trent called, worried by her change in expression since he last saw her. Her brow was furrowed a little, and she wasn't making eye contact with him. Yeah, it's all... it's all good, okay. But are you sure? Trent pressed. No, I have to leave you now. Okay, but are you sure? Wait, what? But we've only been here for a few hours. What happened? Who called you? It's private, Trent. You really shouldn't push me. I'm irritable. I don't... Beep, beep. But Trent was cut off by his own watch beeping. He casually got out his two Tamaguchi, uh, Tamaguchi, Tama, I, I feel like I know how to pronounce that word. He casually got out his new, his two Tamaga, Tamaguchi from his <laughs> Tamagotchi. He thought other, the word crisp would get me, but no, it's, it's Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. He casually got out his two Tamagotchi from his pocket. He cleaned up the poop for them, and then fed them. He turned each over, brushing the duct tape he had placed on them in order to write their names, Reggie and Boo Boo. He smiled at them for 15 seconds before tucking them both back into his cargo pants. 
But I don't understand. I love you, he continued, but Kate had already turned and headed towards their bright blue Subaru. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Unfortunately, one can take the Subaru out of the woods, but one cannot take the girl out of the Subaru. Using the state-of-the-art reverse camera feature, she began to pull out. But Trent just couldn't give up, so he had raced after her and slammed his hands on the hood. This made no sense, as she had been pulling backwards, so Trent fell forward into the mud and stuck with a thud. Luckily for Trent, this caused Kate some concern, and she stopped to see if he was going to be okay. Are you going to be okay? She called, rolling down a window. He was going to be okay. Yes, I'm going to be okay. He responded, wiping some mud off his favorite cargo pants, but it was little use. Okay, good, said Kate, and she began to shift gears. No, wait. I mean, it's not going to be okay. I was going to ask you to marry me. He held out the ring box desperately. I'm not marrying you, Trent. I'm sorry, but it just isn't meant to be, okay? But why? 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 Trent whined. Because you're annoying, all right, Kate roared, and you are rude about my friends. So Marilyn did this, that sneaky bitch. Ugh! Ugged Kate. Oh. Oh to Trent. And he got smaller and smaller as the Subaru pulled away. Moments passed, and the only sounds were from a smooth breeze rustling pine cones in the trees and the shallow creek, trickling along like the thoughts through Trent's stony brain and a dog barking. The hog twitched a foot and rolled over to get more, a more thorough cook. Trent walked near the creek absent-mindedly, caressing the engagement ring in its fingers like a sad hobbit. And it brought him much joy to hold it, thinking about it previously in his preparation for proposal. Thinking about what she would think about it. But now it only brought bad memories. Bad memories from a few minutes ago. He pulled back his hand, holding the ring like a skipping stone and paused. Maybe he wouldn't need this ring in a few years for someone else. Maybe he could sell it. The ring didn't make an audible sound as it vanished into the creek in a wink. And that was that. Well, that's that, Trent agreed. It's so beautiful, a voice whispered behind him. Screamed Trent, jumping in a 180 to see the mud girl behind him. Thank you for this. You really didn't have to. I love it. She gushed as she held the engagement ring up to her big eyes. How did you? It went in the creek. Is this magic? <laughs> you are such a silly, silly person, Trent, but I absolutely adore you. Trent began to blush, and his mind raced. Naturally, the confirmation that wild swamp monster girls exist that can pop up behind you with a ring that you've thrown in the opposite direction is a lot to catch up with. Though, I mean, honestly, the bit where she crawled up a tree like the Grudge should have looked, locked it in, but as we must remind ourselves once more, Trent is such an idiot. There's so much we can do now! Come on! Trent's mind raced in even more directions. Was this mud girl from the woods under the impression that he wanted to marry her? How would such a relationship even work? Are there laws regarding the interspecies marriages of humans and swamp girls? She was attractive after all, he supposed, but she seemed to have a bright personality. What would swamp babies be like? Are you okay, Trent? I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know, this seems like, I don't know, really fast. Ha ha! She laughed heartily. We're not getting married, silly. Did you think we were getting married? I'm not sexually attracted to humans at all. That would be like a human marrying a... Oh, that'd be weird physically. Which is why there's some pretty strict laws about it. And can you even imagine the swamp babies? Trent was filled with relief from head to toe, and out of his mouth flowed a belly laugh that shook all of the tension brought on by the day out of his body. Trent had spent the majority of his life trying to identify uh, what others expected of him and trying to do what it seemed like he'd do. 
But in this moment, he had suddenly realized that navigating his life that way had been leading him away from happiness, not to it. The Bamboola's alien perspective had in a way helped him look at himself from the outside for the first time. I'm such an idiot. Ha <laughs> ha, Trent laughed. You're a good friend, Bamboola. Yeah, you are a good friend as well, said Bamboola. I know a great spot about I know a great spot about five miles from here. This is Trent's new voice. About five miles from here, I think you might like. It's like a small old timey village that was abandoned forever ago. If you know where to look, you can sometimes find old shit like anvils and stuff for making horseshoes and whatnot. One time, I found a lot of stakes, like railroad stakes, and there were even some old animal skins that helped surprisingly well. Sorry, I'm rambling. You probably know all the places here, like the back of your hands, since you live here. Actually, I never. Gone that way. This stream is the farthest I have ever come. But now we can go. Show me the way, Christopher Columbus. Bambula jived. Trent nodded over the narrow stream like a happy child. He just got a little bit too close to the hog, who gave him a look that Samuel L. Jackson might give to someone who that thinks his employer looks like a bitch. Trent jumped over the stream and looked back at Bambula. Already forgotten Trent's voice. Uh, you you keep saying that. You keep you keep saying that. Keep saying what? Now you, oh man, voices are hard, man. Uh, now you said now you can go. There's so much we can do now. Bamboo walked up to the edge of the stream, and this time the hog scrambled away to find greener, less muddy pastures. Yes, she said. Now that you've given me the gift, there's so much I can do. So much we can do. As she spoke, the air seemed to grow chilly, and the sky darkened. The whites of her eyes were as wide and as white as a red coat's eyes tucked inside the muddy trenches that were her eye holes. She stared deeply at him as she slowly crossed the stream, almost as if she was floating, like a stoic George Washington on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay, said Trent, and they both trotted down a mossy trail, weaving their way out of the ghost town. On the way, Trent Shen showed Bambula his two tamag tamagotchi, and Bambula showed Trent how she can crawl up a tree feet first. Neat. Back at the camp that Kate and Trent had started to prepare, the hog returned to enjoy some sun, while gently passing gas into the wind. Those kids don't seem all right, he muttered to himself as he fell back into a peaceful sleep. But he was just a stupid groundhog. And opposed to what some Pennsylvanians believe, groundhogs know very little about foreshadowing. The end. <laughs> Man, I'm intimidated by the voices. Oh, don't be. They were all bad. They were all bimbo. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was very good. Because I wrote it. It was. I actually really enjoyed um, uh, the Swamp Monster coming as such as a surprise. Thank you. I think I, I think I got halfway through and kind of forgot about the fact that people were supposed to say no to the ring. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I mean, Kate did, so yeah, it's yeah. the main thing. Originally, the idea was going to be that the the monster ended up um, coming for him, and he he used the ring to get out of it somehow by using the the power of the ring to make people say no to his advantage. And I I just bailed on that idea. Probably because it sucked. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, I, I really liked it. I really liked... Um, there were certain lines that just... Uh, the the tent snake one at the beginning. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, all the papers are on the floor right now, so I don't remember what was where. But a lot of them were... Um, that thing where you make sounds happen that are really similar to each other. That uh, happen in a row. Um, 
And there's a real word for that, and I can't remember what it is. It's not rhyming. It's like rhyming. I think I know what you mean. I can't do that word either. Yeah. All right. You ready to hear yours? No. But all right. This is called Podcast One by Salem Childs. <laughs> Andrew was not a procrastinator, per se. It was more accurate to say nothing he did was worth procrastinating on. He drifted through life with the lowest effort, surviving on B grades in school and jobs that he had only been hired on for knowing a guy. His whole life had been a journey of stagnant mediocrity. His goals for the future to simply survive, to exist with just enough input to stay on the ground and keep food in his belly. But maybe that's a bit harsh. He got by. Andrew's most surprising success was his girlfriend of five years. It was not that he had worked hard to get her to love him, simply that she had fallen as one must... <laughs> simply that she had fallen as one must do to survive living with Andrew. Their shared apartment she had decorated, their bills she took care of, and as long as he handed her his share of money on time, they kept the lights on. That is harsh. She did really love him. They met in a spring in the park. They met in the spring <laughs> in the park. <laughs> Lizzie's dog had gotten loose, and he happened to have a dog collar. Don't ask why. Just enjoy the magic of the story. Rough. Lizzie's my sister. <laughs> oh no! What have I done? <laughs> Ruffles hadn't been hard to chase down. He had run right to Andrew, and they looked into each other's eyes for the first time. Him and the dog, that is. Lizzie ran up a bit later. After a walk home, she asked him to dinner. After a dinner, he asked her to a movie. After a movie, he asked him. <laughs> I am not a genius. After a movie, she asked him lunch. After a lunch, he asked her home. It wasn't love at first sight, but eventually she asked him to move in. That's how Andrew found himself at his parents' house. Something tucked into his coat pocket. He sat across the table from them, told the story, and pulled it out. He asked his question and waited. After a moment, her father looked him in the eye and said, If you try to propose to my daughter with a dog collar, I'll kick your ass. Andrew wasn't expecting that. It's symbolic, though. It's, it's, like, it's like the story I... Get a ring. What? Get a ring. It's sentimental. It's lazy. Get a ring. Her father squeezed Andrew's hand. Look, Andrew, I like you, but I'll kick your ass. So Andrew found himself at a jewelry store the night before he was going to propose, not procrastinating. There were hundreds of rings that stared out from under the glass. He leaned in close, smudging the glass with his nose. The clerk behind the counter glared at him, glared at the clock, glared at the hours posted on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Can I help you with anything, sir? He asked. I'm just looking. He looked at the hours. I mean, I'm gonna buy something, I, but... Well, we definitely appreciate your business, but you're not ready to make a decision, so... I need it tonight. When are you proposing? He looked at Andrew for a moment. Oh, buddy, t tomorrow... 
Andrew nodded. Did you lose the ring? Andrew shook his head. He told the clerk the story. The clerk shook his head. That's just lazy. So I've heard... So what do you recommend? The clerk looked at the clock again. He could have thrown this guy out well, a while ago, but he had been nice. He didn't know why, maybe because he had nothing to do that night. Maybe because in his heart he was a genuinely nice person. Maybe because fate had decided he would be here. He would give this guy the right ring. She would say yes, they'd get married, and he would finally go home, eat some reheated lasagna, and pass out in front of the TV. That was the dream. So he decided to help the guy, to be genuine. He looked at his stock. He thought about what he would propose with, and pointed to the ring in the second row. That one. It was white gold with two hearts that framed the pear-shaped diamond. The pear-shaped diamond, that is. It was beautiful. How much? The clerk shook his head. Come on, buddy. You can't put a price on love, can you? The ring was beautiful. Andrew thought as the three walked through the park. Lizzie held Ruffles tight on his leash. He c Hey, can we stop for a second? <laughs> I, I think I need some water. No, we just got here. She kept on dragging the dog with her. Andrew furrowed his brow. Really? I think we could take a break. The sun blistered above them. It was warm. He was starting to sweat down his back. He wondered how much he could sweat before the question became unaskable. Lizzie ate from her dog bowl. Tinkling. Lizzie led them through the park, letting Ruffles sniff the grass. I just said that Lizzie ate from the dog bowl. The dog's name is Ruffles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, what was that like? <laughs> I, I made it up because the dog's eating in the bowl. Oh. Sorry. <clears throat> Lizzie led them through the park, letting Ruffles sniff the grass, the flowers, a tree. When they stopped, Andrew put his hand to his shirt pocket where he kept the ring, but Ruffles lifted a back leg and let loose on the roots. It seemed... I'm sorry. It didn't seem like the right moment. <laughs> they kept walking, past some teenager throwing a frisbee, past another dog that glared at Ruffles, and across a bridge over a stream. Andrew noticed how beautiful the bridge was. Do you want to stop here for a moment? No, Lizzie pulled the leash. Ruffle doesn't like the water. They walked and walked, and Andrew felt the sweat pouring down his back. He wondered had he looked, how he looked and how he smelled. Finally, he grabbed her as they stopped at another tree and made her stop. She looked him over. What's going on? I have a question for you. Okay. He got on one knee. She gasped. Her hands went to cover her mouth. He took the ring out of his pocket. Ruffles wagged his tail. He licked Andrew's face. They both smiled. Not now, buddy, he said. Ruffles sat down next to the tree and watched a butterfly land on a blade of grass. Andrew, I... I... Lizzie. He held her hand. <laughs> Ruffles puked. <laughs> this park... <laughs> it's where we first met. It's where I want to ask you. She nodded, tears of joy forming in her eyes. Will you marry me? Her face changed like night and day. Her brow furrowed and she pulled her hands away. Andrew. No. 
They both were silent for a moment. He stood up. What? She looked at her feet and looked back at him. I thought, I thought I, oh, I thought I wanted to. I wanted that, but when you asked me, no. No, Andrew, I don't want to marry you. She tugged at Ruffles' leash. He stood up and they both walked away. Andrew stood there, dumbfounded. Hey, Andrew said. The clerk looked up from his phone and smiled. Oh, hey, how'd it go, buddy? She said no. What? She said no. The clerk's face fell, but his smile didn't break. It seemed like it was stuck on that mode. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. So, uh, I was wondering, can I return this? He held the ring aloft. Oh, this is awkward, but no. No, you can't. The clerk shook his head. He looked mildly concerned about his own statement. I thought I could return it within 90 days? Andrew put it on the counter. Please, I really have no need for it. I'm sorry. Normally we can do that just fine, but... He looked at Andrew, past him, around him, as if looking for some answer there. A dog barked in the distance. Not for you. Sorry. Andrew walked out of the jewelry store with his head hung low. He was out of money. Will you shut up? <laughs> Andrew walked out of the jewelry store with his head hung low. He was out a lot of money. Out a girlfriend. Maybe out an apartment. He, his stomach, growled. He was starving. Looking to at least salvage something, he went across the street and into a sandwich shop. It was mostly emptied, and there was a woman with an eyebrow piercing behind the counter. What can I do for you? She asked. Punk music played softly from speakers above them. Andrew <laughs> looked over the menu. Can I get a turkey club? That's my favorite. <laughs> she shook her head. No, I'm afraid not. He frowned. Okay, uh, what about the Reuben? Nope, no Reubens. He looked over the menu again, looked down at the ingredients in the bins in front of her. He was pretty sure he's—he was pretty sure he say turkey, roast beef, even sauerkraut. <laughs> but about what about a veggie sub? No. Italian? No. Well, what can I get? She shrugged. Nothing for you, man. Andrew stormed out of the shop. What was with people today? He huffed and coughed as a car drove by and exhaust buffed him. <laughs> when the exhaust cleared, he saw a homeless man across the street. Outside... Will you... Sammy. Come here. There you are. Yeah. He huffed and coughed as a car drove by and exhaust buffeted him. When the exhaust cleared, he saw a homeless man across the street. Outside the jewelers. The clerk behind the counter came outside and yelled at the man to leave. The man yelled back but walked away. Andrew ran to him. Sir! Sir, I have something for you if you want it! The man eyed him gleefully. He had a bucket of loose bills he was carrying with him. Uh, what's that? Andrew produced the ring. I proposed to my girlfriend. She said no. I couldn't return it. Making me unhappy to carry it around. Do you want it? The homeless man didn't even look at the ring before answering, No! And turning away. It's not a stolen ring or anything. I just bought it here last night. No! 
Andrew walked home because no taxis or Ubers would give him a ride. They all gave him the same answer. When he walked inside the apartment, Ruffles ran to him. He jumped up. Ah, oh, did you miss... Did you miss me, buddy? Ruffles immediately pulled away and ran out of the room. Lizzie came in. You're here. Can we talk? No. She went towards the bedroom. He grabbed her wrist. She yanked it free. Come on, Lizzie. I've, ha I've had a horrible day. Nothing is going right today. Everybody keeps telling me no to everything I ask. I... He felt his shirt pocket. The ring was inside. He bored holes... She bored holes into him with her eyes. He looked at Ruffles. Lizzie, what, what type of dog is Ruffles? What? She looked at Ruffles, who was panting nonchalantly. What are you talking about? What kind of dog is he? Just, just tell me. Border Collie. Why? Is Ruffles a Border Collie? I mean Ruffles? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... She stumbled over her words. I mean, I think he's a mix of... But he isn't. He's a purebred border collie. Border collie, you have papers! <laughs> he ran to their bedroom, shuffled around in their drawers, pulled a binder out. Inside, he pointed at the words, border collie, written in black ink. You just said he was, and he is. And I'm not asking, I'm stating. You're welcome to agree with me. I do, I mean, nothing is ever certain, but... Did you think you wanted to marry me before I asked? No! Andrew pulled out the ring. He tossed it into the open drawer. What about now? Do you want to marry me before I asked? Andrew, I... She stammered. Of course! Hold on. He ran to the hall closet, pulled out his coat, rummaged through the pockets. He pulled out the dog collar, got down on one knee. Lizzie, please, do you want to marry me? She looked at him like she couldn't believe he'd ask again. Is that the dog collar you caught Ruffles with? Yes. Tears welled in her eyes. She hugged him. You kept it? Yes. She nodded. You idiot. You proposed to me with a dog collar? My dad is going to kick your ass. The clerk paused the glass counter and watched the ring sparkle below him. The doorbell rang. He sighed. Another ten minutes until close. He looked up. It was the guy from before. How can I help you? he said through his best customer service smile. We were hoping you could get two wedding rings. A woman came in behind him. They were holding hands. Oh, congratulations! Wedding ring sales commissions were pretty nice in a paycheck, said the narrator in the wrong voice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you a couple, guys. The woman came forward and looked into the glass cabinet. No need, I like those two. She pointed at the two most expensive rings. If his eyes could turn into dollar signs, they would. Cha-ching. Sure thing. And that can be put on a payment plan. The man came forward. He thought his name was Andrew? Yeah, Andrew. Andrew said. Andrew said, Oh, but we don't have to pay for that, do we? No, he assured, not knowing why. He stopped for a second. What was he saying? What could we negotiate? Well, we really are not supposed to... You wouldn't make us pay, like, even half of that, would you? No. He shook his head. Half? No, he couldn't do half. Why would he suggest that? You probably could give them to us for free, could you? Andrew cocked his eyebrow. No! This he was sure of. Hmm. Well, Lizzie, maybe we should look somewhere else. What do you think? Lizzie shook her head. 
The clerk put the two rings on the counter. Andrew returned to them. Do you think you'd charge us anything over maybe $5 each? No, I don't think. Hey, what's going on? He knew he couldn't do that, but he found himself ringing up the rings. $10. He didn't even put on tax. Andrew and Lizzie left with their rings in a nice bag. Thanks so much, Andrew said. Well, make sure to recommend you to all our friends. Yoink. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the end. So, um, I forgot that was just your sister's name. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, your she, name was She usually doesn't go by Lizzie anyway, um, and it wasn't too weird. <laughs> also, I forgot how hard it is to read for that long out loud. Yeah. It's, that, is, that is rough. It's a bit... We should probably cut and listen to it back and pretend that we didn't say this bit. Oh, yeah. But we should leave this bit where we uh, talk about how we're going to do that. So now that we've come back, I mean, we were here the whole time. We didn't edit anything at all. <laughs> um, that prompt, like, did you like it? I like the prompt. Um, I think you did it better justice. Um, I think I liked your absurdity more than my uh, whatever I had. <laughs> did you have any issues with... Uh, writing in general um i had issues with with um deciding whether like how it would end on a positive note because at first it was not it was just going to be that everyone was like a shitty character that kind of deserved everything that they got um but then i i thought i'd have trent um even though he was still an idiot (laughs) i thought he'd maybe barely learn something about not um trying to please everyone i don't know i just thought it would be a nice twist like i feel like in stories all the time it's like oh either either the character gets screwed over once again or oh this time it's different and how how, uh serendipitous that this monster and him got together and everything was fine like instead of either of those options it was just like and then they were friends and it was just (laughs) normal (laughs) I kind of had a similar thing where I wasn't sure. I felt like I was rambling a bit in the story. Like, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know what I'm going to do from here. Um, I thought of the... I I had, like, this idea that he would figure out what the ring was and that it would allow him to do certain things, but it would also only allow that sort of double negative. And uh, I don't think I played it how I wanted it to, but it... It did something. <laughs> I finished it. And I never have to look at it again. I thought it went well. It, um, as I wrote, it felt rambly too, but I think it's just because we go over and over it. It feels repetitive while we're writing it. Yeah. And that was the um, story we took a week to write. Um, for next episode, we are going to write one in an hour. Mm-hmm.